Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. Matt Ho joins us now. Matt, uh, always a pleasure. Thank you for your time, my dear friend, and the consistency with which you give us such good analysis. Um, do, do you think that the United States is the unindicted co-conspirator in the South Africa versus Israel case at the International Court of Justice? Oh, uh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. I mean, who else could it be? Uh, it, the amount of support that the U.S. has uh, and is giving to Israel is, is Israel could not be doing what it was doing without the U.S. There's just no way. I mean, we know that three or, or about three cargo planes land every day in Israel with weapons. We know a cargo ship arrives every second or third day. We've seen the the blocking of ceasefire resolutions and other actions by the UN, by the United States. Uh, we, we witness <clears throat> the actions of the U.S. Navy uh, against uh, uh, the Yemenis uh, to try and stop the blockade of, of Israeli ships by the Yemenis in the Red Sea. I mean, just the amount of support that the U.S. is given to Israel is momentous. It's it, it, it's 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 you know Israel would just simply not be able to continue doing what it's doing if the U.S. removed itself from the picture. And so this idea that the United States is a co-conspirator or is complicit or is an accessory, however it's best described as, is absolutely the case. And it would be a farce if the United States was is not it was not named or is not named as a co-conspirator being complicit in genocide it's um it's distressing <laughs> what's happening in yemen and you you mentioned it i was going to ask you about it but since you mentioned it is this not <coughs> pardon me is this not the unilateral expansion of the war by the united states of america today we bombed yemen for the third time i don't even know if it's out in the press yet i just saw it a few minutes before uh mm -hmm. we came on air well <clears throat> joe biden is now uh you know joe every american president this century has bombed yemen so joe biden has has gotten onto that roster uh you know this is an expansion of the war uh you know in, in such an obvious way but the way it's resisted, the way it's it's you know the way that the the uh, explanation of what's occurring there is uh, doctored and, and, and misreported. You know how many news articles can we read about 
uh, what's happening in the Red Sea, and there's almost no mention of what's happening in Gaza and how the two are connected. Uh, you know, I mean, so just falling into those tropes of that the United States needs to be halfway around the globe because the people over there are savages, they're pirates, uh, they can't be trusted, the civilized must go forward and protect itself from the uncivilized. You know, we need to be at the edges of an empire. I mean, all the same tropes keep coming back over and over again. And that's just used to completely hide or, or, or disrupt the understanding that this is a unilateral expansion of the war by the United States. I mean, the United States, along with its, its puppy dog, Britain, uh, bombed what? Close to 100 targets over the last uh, uh, three or four days in Yemen. I mean, how can you describe that as anything other than an act of war? And more importantly, the point that you're getting at, Judge, an expansion of this of this Israel-Palestine war into a regional war. And, and Yemen's in the, uh, in the United Nations. It's an act of war against a, another member of the United Nations, which, which makes it an unlawful uh, expansion of the war. Just, just done it on his own. He didn't go to Congress. He didn't go to the UN. Right, right. And, and done uh, to protect Israeli shipping, to ensure that the, the, the uh, Israeli ships can transit the Red Sea, uh, to stop the, the bleed out of the Israeli economy that's occurring right now, because Israel has taken a huge economic hit over the last several months uh, since the October 7th attacks and since the start of their ethnic cleansing campaign. Uh, you know, it, it's done to protect commercial shipping. It's done with this argument that somehow uh, it is more important to protect the <clears throat> protect the maneuver and navigation of commercial ships than it is to stop genocide. It is this perverse logic of property over life, right? Uh, and, right? I mean, and and in the way it is done with the moral authority being presented by the U.S. that somehow we are on a righteous mission here in the Red Sea to make freedom of navigation safe for all who want to enjoy the fruits of commerce or just you could see that the that the arguments for this are just so uh uh it, it, it's sickening uh, but is this is just another extension of all the sickening things we have seen uh say just in just just last year whether it was we're going to support the Ukrainians and they're going to punch through the russian lines and oh well uh, they've lost an entire generation of young people and their land is devastated, their economy ruined. Uh, oh, well, you know, and same with the, the arguments for what's occurring in Gaza. We are going to uh, support the Israelis in their self-defense. You know, as they kill 100 children a day, we're going to mm -hmm. call this genocide self-defense. So it's just more of the same. You've um, made a very strong argument and are colleagues, um, Max Blumenthal and Scott Ritter and uh, professors Mearsheimer and Sachs have made the same argument that uh, Israel would be nothing militarily without the United States. And Max has famously said Joe Biden could stop the war while we're streaming this show with the right words on a phone call to Bibi Netanyahu. Having said that, I want you to look at how differently things looked uh, in 1992, this is General Matty Paled, a retired Israeli uh, general, 
I forget the son's first name, but his son is uh, is an anti-war activist. Now you probably know the son. Miko. Miko. Miko, yeah. right. Yeah. Miko, right, right. I, I was in, uh, Miko took me uh, to Palestine uh, several okay. years ago. So, yeah. so here is the general's son, which is the name of Miko's book. Right. Here is the here is the general himself. Uh, this is about a half an hour long, but we've cut it down to about a minute and a half. It's in San Francisco. It's at an international conference uh, about uh, Israel and Palestine in 1992. What he said then was profound. This is the situation we have to live with, and I have no doubt that the direct consequence of the occupation Anyone who said occupation corrupts was absolutely right. And we are occupying the West Bank and the Gaza Strip for the last 25 years, and this is corrupting us, maybe even more than the American aid. Well, I would like this to, to be eliminated altogether. I think that we should pay for our arms out of our own money. But in any case, this is one of the most damaging gifts that we get from the United States. So occupation and cash corrupt and absolute occupation and endless streams of cash corrupt. Absolutely. Right. If I can paraphrase the great Lord Acton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I was struck by that was from 1992 and right. that was 32 years ago, which, but at the time General Pleb was speaking, it was only 25 years since the uh, occupation of the West Bank, East Jerusalem, the Gaza Strip by the Israelis after the 67 war, during which General Peleb was the chief of staff of the Israeli army. So he speaks with an authority that few have on, you know, certainly that war, but also too, what comes from that. But so the distance in time. So if General Peleb was saying this in 92, how corrupt it was, how what, what occupation has done uh, to the Israeli soul, if you will, let alone right. its executive functions. Um, the uh, uh, what what then has come since then in the three decades since, like how has that corruption just been compounded? What has it spun off? And we've seen what it has spun off. Well, his successor, I don't remember the name, a major general now retired is the one who referred to uh the gaza strip as an open-air concentration camp when right. i first used that some of my american jewish friends were jumping all over me on it and we found out the originator of it i don't remember his name but it's whoever succeeded to Paled, now uh retired candidly referred to it as that and it has become that since the Paled days right and, and i think you know in that particular case too the description of it was very apt because a lot of times people will say open-air prison when referring to gaza because it, there is a sensitivity around the world concentration camp which is which is fine which is right but when you understand who or who's put in prison well people have been found guilty of crimes uh you know concentration camp who goes in the concentration camp people who are not guilty people are only guilty of their identity so when you look at what the israelis have done over the last <clears throat> decades since the 67 war, the occupation of Gaza, uh, what, why does that mean that this is a concentration camp? Well, look, look what they've done to these people and why have they done it? It's been because of, of the Palestinians' identity, but more importantly, it's because of this, uh, this occupation, this colonization, this desire to conquer and to make theirs. 
And what comes with that, though, just as General Paulette was saying, was because the act itself is so immoral, the act itself is so craven and despicable, any actions that come from it, this, this you're talking about, you know, the fruit of the poison tree here. The first act itself was immoral. It was sinful. It was wrong. So what can come from it that could be right or just? It has to itself be wrong, immoral, uh, you know, uh, it, to, because of the, of the way the gains were realized. Right. ill-gotten uh you know and even and so you you make that extension back and you just continue to to unravel the last 100 years in palestine this war on the palestinians as it's rightly called uh you know as you as you understand the context the background you can see how there was uh a lot of this has to do with the support of americans because again the americans make this all possible without the american support none of this is possible not just this genocide in gaza but the whole occupation when i was in hebron judge with uh, uh miko with miko paled and we got in some trouble there and the israeli army showed up well there was a settler who was in all our faces in hebron this is really settler he was from new york i can't remember if he was from brooklyn or queens or the bronx or where he was from somewhere and in new york city and he was so delighted so proud saying that his little jeep that he drove around in on had come from the american military you know our great president trump has given us the money to buy this equipment. It doesn't matter if it was Trump, it could have been Obama, it could have been Biden, it could have been Bush. It's all the same in terms of the support for Israel. You know, so you just see this corruption, not just in the sense of like the 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 brutality of it, the more the the, the physical horrors of it, but what comes of like the whole corruption of any type of of ability to administer uh in any way that's just or right or moral itself. Uh, so I think that those comments from from General Paulette are, are really, you know, to re, to me, it's really quite striking how precise and how accurate he was uh, with that uh, uh, description of what was occurring. You and I and our other colleagues have opined uh, that the Israelis are losing the PR war uh, due to their uh, brutality and relentlessness in uh, Gaza. Yet this loss of the PR war is in spite of the fact that major uh, mainstream media prefers to air the Israeli side of things rather than the Gazan side of things. I'm, I'm going to unleash you on this in a minute, but, but I, I have to tell you, I don't know if you had this experience. We uh, attempted to watch the arguments before the um, International Court of Justice, you couldn't watch them. They weren't on any Western media at all when the South African presentation was being made. You had to go to Al Jazeera. But you could get them on Western uh, venues when the Israeli presentation was made. Uh, our friend and colleague Alistair Crook, uh, who lives in Italy, told us in all of the EU, as well as the UK and the US, you couldn't watch anything said by the South Africans unless you went to uh, Al Jazeera. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. 
Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I guess you're not surprised. No, I'm not. I, I saw... I, I saw some of that as well on Friday, uh, you know, where I was uh, actually ABC News, uh, their online streaming 24 hours news was on for us uh, where I was. I could, could observe it for more than two hours. And there was no mention at all of any of it. Uh, you know, the day before you hit the 100 day mark, the Israelis are making their comment. They're making their presentation at the ICJ and nothing at all on ABC News about Israel, Palestine, Gaza, uh, any of it. Uh, so there, there's even a, a worse aspect to it where you get past the bias is that there is also a pronounced interest in ignoring it. And I think that is ultimately the PR strategy of both those in Washington, D.C. and those in, in, in Tel Aviv, or I guess Jerusalem, as we, we need to call it, because that's what they claim their capital is. Um, that <clears throat> we will preach to a, a constituency that we, whose support we need, who we depend upon, who give us, you know, our, 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 our resources and the rest we will ignore. And I think you saw that judge in, in the Israelis ICJ's presentation, which the, you know, journalist, uh, Jeremy Scahill had a, a terrific write up on. But which the headline described the Israelis as being in an alternative reality. And I think that's where many of us, uh, uh, how many of us viewed it as well. But the thing for the Israelis, I think, and for the Americans and for the Australians, the Germans, those elites in power, basically, uh, who are continuing to support Israel, who are in the vast minority of the world, in the world, whether by nation or by population, um, the um, I think the desire is that we need to throw the red meat to the dogs, right? We need to give our people what they want. Mm. So we will, so we will, we will say South Africa is Hamas. That the genocide wasn't is not against the Palestinians; it's against us. So right. we will victim. We will play the victim. We will demonize others. We will, you know, promote the whole us versus them, uh, you know, uh, dichotomy. That exists to allow us to to claim our role in the world. The you know, I mean, I think that's what what is geared towards those who are in support and always will be support of Israel is continuing to throw them that, continuing to give them that. While the rest of the world, you say we don't care. We and they have said that. Benjamin Netanyahu over the weekend actually said something that I think falls in line with what we're talking about here. Where Netanyahu said he told Tony Blinken, uh, the American Secretary of State, "This is your war too." You're yeah. involved in this, and we are brothers of the light versus brothers of the dark. Yeah, well, that that right? is part of that is part of his strategy That's to uh, box Joe Biden into a corner. This is your war. Uh, this is your war too. Um, do you think that American intelligence agencies have anything to do with the tamping down of the uh, negative coverage? Uh, by uh, American uh, media, or do you think it's just the bias of the owners, investors, and journalists at those uh, places? I, I think at this point, it's so uh, twisted together. 
that this has been going on for so long that the organism that it is is just a melding of all these different aspects of all these different parts and if you were to pull them apart unravel a judge you would get yeah certainly the bias of the editors and the uh uh, the owners, certainly the role that American intelligence plays, as well as Israeli intelligence plays in manufacturing uh, the narrative and then sustaining that narrative. Uh, there's the access journalism parts of it. I'm afraid if I if I act like Max Blumenthal and go to the State Department and ask those awkward and inconvenient, but very honest questions, I'm not going to get invited back into the State Department. And God forbid, I won't get to go to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Right. Christmas party. Right. 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 I mean, so I think there's so much of all this. Then, too, the role the arms companies play, the campaign contributions, and especially the role the Israeli lobby, uh, how much, you know, that money the Israeli lobby has. It's it's on one side, it's money that can be used to, to bribe, to buy. It's the other side, it's money that can be used to, be, to chase people out of power, to keep people out of power. Who are the worst journalistic offenders? I guess we're talking about management. We're not talking about individual persons. Or are they all the same? ABC, CBS, NBC, I hate to say it, Fox, New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, all in the same category or are some worse than others? I, I think that major uh, establishment uh, American media, corporate media, legacy media, we want to describe it in, in particular, the ones you just mentioned, Judge, I would add in there, uh, NPR and PBS as well. Uh, right. They are the establishment. And who are their allies? Who are their friends? Who do they go to the White House correspondent dinner with or mingle at the White House co Christmas party with? It's, it's, it's the uh, people within the establishment uh, that are adjacent to them. So you're talking about the defense industry. You're talking about the fossil fuel companies. You're talking about the banks. I mean, so they they intermarry, they intermingle, they have relationships. If you look at the board of directors, you can see that uh, there's a cross pollination among these boards of directors of people from the various constituencies within the establishment. So they're all colleagues. And what's good for the elite on my left, and what's good for the elite on my right is certainly it must be then good for me as well. So there's all this 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 type of social evolution that has occurred to I think create and 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 inform this media establishment made up of those networks and platforms and outlets that you just described. But the bias is clear, and you know the Intercept published last week a really great piece by uh, Adam Johnson and, and Othman Ali. This good. follows up on a piece where they are analyzing the television networks in particular CNN, MSNBC, and Fox, and how they covered uh, Israel's war against the Palestinian people. And, um, you know, what, what they found by then looking again at how the New York Times, the LA Times, and the Washington Post cover the war was this extreme bias. And, and quite remarkably to me, the bias was more extreme in the print journals, or the, the newspapers, than it was on the cable news channels. Uh, and we can get into those numbers. Yeah. Um, just to lighten things up a little bit, uh, Bobby Kennedy uh, gave a speech recently, and someone uh, you and I and our audience knows well was there. I don't know if you've seen this, uh, but here, here is a Professor McGovern expecting to be arrested and disappointed that he wasn't. <laughs> Of five, of the age of five that are dead 
okay, that are dead. And you, you're asking me to get out because you don't want this candidate to address the question. He's chicken to address the question, and what does he do? He repeats, repeats, Israel lobby, Israel lobby. <laughs> so he said to me, I thought there'd be Secret Service there who would yank me out, but Joe Biden will not allow the Secret Service to protect Bobby Kennedy yet. And so these were PR people that were gently nudging uh, Ray out. We're trying to get the clip of him actually standing up. He apparently startled right. Bobby by challenging him in the middle of the speech. Yeah, and, and and I think I've shown this before. I keep it on the wall next to me, Judge. It's the uh, uh, the bolo from oh right, right when right. Uh, that the State Department uh, security folks put out for Ray. Right, uh, all points bullets, and this guy's dangerous. Watch it, out for him. It does say that on here. It says, uh, "If yeah, uh, it describes him." Um, I, I don't have my glasses on. But just like you said, it, it describes him as being dangerous, as being this radical, you know, and, and what had occurred with this was back in the Obama administration, Ray had stood up and silently protested Hillary Clinton oh, and, and silently him. protested, didn't even say anything. And they hauled him out and they beat him up pretty good, basically. I remember seeing him not long after that and his whole entire arm was black and blue. But yeah. this is what they're afraid of. And this is, you know, because and I think it also angers them when this occurs, because this is not just it's not just the audacity of truth speaking to power. Right. Yeah. And how dare you? Who are you to speak this way to us? Yeah. But it's yeah. also, I think, Judge, the, the 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 great fear that, oh, my God, the truth might get out. Someone yeah. may hear what this guy McGovern is saying and then start to look into things. Chris, you know, do we have uh, Medea Benjamin uh, in front of Congressman Raskin? Do we have that clip? No, okay, and maybe you've seen that. We'll show it to you uh, next yeah, time. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. That where she, where right. Medea is standing next to Raskin, and he's condemning government. authoritarianism, and she's holding a sign silently saying nobody's above the law. She doesn't even mention Israel by name until they start yanking her out. Right, right. Only yeah. in America, and this is this is in front of the Capitol building, the quintessential place for the the unadulterated free expression of political views, and they silenced her. Uh, we're trying to get her on. I know she's a friend of yours. If you uh, can put in a good word, uh, we'd appreciate it. Will do, of course. Of course. Yeah. So thank you, Matt. It's always a pleasure, uh, my dear friend. We, uh, I enjoy these, uh, and I know the audience does immeasurably because I can see what they write, and I can see the numbers that uh, flock to you. So we'll have you on again next week, of course, if you can make it. And thanks very much for joining us. All right. Thank you, Judge. Okay. Uh, coming up at 4 o'clock today, our, non, our young new phenom, Carl Anzalone from antiwar.com uh, on, on these uh, similar topics. Here's the question uh, for Kyle. Has Bibi Netanyahu painted Joe Biden into a corner? What do you think? Judge Napolitano for judging freedom. <laughs>